So last week, we began a brand new series uh, entitled Building Extravagant Givers. And so we're going to continue uh, this week with that series. But before we jump into the message for today, I just want to kind of give a, a kind of a brief recap of what we talked about last week. Last week, we focused on the joy of giving. We utilized last week an illustration where we saw how a man who, because of the wealth and what God had blessed him with, was able to be a blessing to somebody else. And we saw how that his life seemed to be more transformed and he was more joyful even than the person who actually received the gift. And so we have been talking, or at least last week, we talked extensively about how it is more blessed uh, to give than to receive. And one of the reasons reason we really needed to highlight that is because uh, there's a belief in our society, and I believe in part to the church, that is, is more blessed to, to get than to give. And so one of the ways that I've seen this manifest is sometimes, you ever hear when you tell somebody, you share with somebody, you say, man, God has blessed me. And, and, and then that, that person will say, oh, yeah, 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 that, that's good. Well, mine might be right, mine's coming right around the corner. Now, I, I think I understand what that means. But, but in a, looking at it in another way, we always seem to be focused a little bit too much on the getting part instead of really enjoying, you know, giving and seeing somebody else's life being blessed. How many know that, that we talk extensively about this, but God wants us to be a blessing to others. And so that's really what extravagant is really about. It is about us uh, enjoying being a blessing to others. It is about us taking the things that God has given us and sharing in a way that, that we are excited about it. And, and I believe in so doing that, our life will be much more fulfilled. Tell me, no, the devil is a liar. Satan has been stealing from, the, from God's people from, for years. And what I simply mean by that is he's been lying to us and we've been, been, been blinded by the fact of, of, of how God really wants to bless us and what God has really done for us right in front of us and, and, and how that, that our lives will feel so much more enriched by pouring our lives into somebody else. And I think that one of the things the enemy does is, and I believe because Satan, foundationally, he's selfish. And so what he wants is he wants us to, to stay in a selfish mindset. And let me tell you right now, people who are, 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 are self-centered are truly not happy people. At the end of the day, they may be happy for seasons, but at the end of the day, they were designed to be givers. All of us was because that's the nature of our God. And so... So let's, now let's get to today's message. I want to talk today about the principle of the first. The principle of the first. Now, if you're familiar with your Bible at all, <clears throat> there is a running theme that runs throughout the Bible. And you can begin in the Old Testament all the way through unto the New Testament. And that theme is that Scripture teaches that the first always belongs to God. Wherever you study the scriptures, we're talking about the best. It talks about the first that is always set aside or consecrated for God. Because how many know that our God is a great God and God is our creator? He's given us all these things to enjoy. But the running theme is that God is always to get the best. He's always to get the first. In fact, when you read the book of Malachi, the first 
a couple of chapters, you would see that one of the indictments that God had against the people was that they treated him flippantly. They didn't treat him uh, as who he is. He is creator God. He is the one that put, gave breath to all men walking on the planet. He created all the things that we enjoy, all the people that we enjoy, all the lives that we enjoy. God is the creator of all of these things. And, and, and what has happened is that we have turned and we haven't put God first. We've put some of these other things ahead of God. And any time that we put anything ahead of God, then that's usually when we're going to have problems. And so here, here's, what I, here's what I believe. I believe that extravagant giving begins with putting God first. I want to say that again. Extravagant giving begins with putting God first. Now, I know it's sort of a cliche when you hear people say this, and I, I hear people on, on sports, and, you know, when people win the Super Bowl, they win the World Series, and you hear people say all the time, I want to thank God for being first in my life, and, and people say it, and, I, and, and my fear sometimes is that it becomes sort of a cliche, that, that people just talk about putting God first, but in a real practical sense. Because how do you know that just because you say God is first in your life doesn't mean that God is first in your life? You, you know what I mean? You, you, you can say God is first all you want to, but it's about the practicality. How, if, how is he manifesting in your life? Because if you're living your life in the way that you should be, it won't take long for people to figure out that you have put God first in your life. And I really do believe that it begins with our money because money gives us the power to access things. And so if we're going to be extravagant givers, then we got to have extravagant blessings. And the way to get extravagant blessings is to put God first. Anybody a witness to that, that, that God has blessed them by putting him first. And so I believe that when God is first, watch this church, then eventually everything else will fall in order. Now, I, 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 I italicize eventually. Because sometimes, you know, we'll start, I talk to somebody for an example about tithing. Okay, they'll start tithing, they'll tithe for a little bit, maybe a week or two or whatever, and then they, they, they quit, they give up. But, but, you know, but, but how many know that, that, that sometimes it take a while because some of, some of the mess that we've gotten ourselves in financially, it's going to take a while to get out of, you know what I'm saying? Because God is not just interested. How many know God is interested in you? God is interested in changing your mind you ever, were you ever amazed to how a person can make millions, but they still have a ghetto, a ghetto mentality and they're still broke? Meaning that they don't know how to, they don't know the principles of how to handle money. They don't first start with God. When we start with God first, here's what we're saying. We're saying, God, we honor you. You're the one who gave this to us. Therefore, you're the one, Lord, who knows how we are to best handle his money. And everybody in this room, this is a message that is relevant to every one of us in this room. Because everybody in this room is affected somehow, some way by money. I've seen people come inside the church upset because of money issues, financial problems. How do you know financial problems? All these things, they, they can heavily weigh down on your spirit. But the beginning of getting free is to start with God. I always tell people, what should I do? I say, you know what? In order to get some order in your life, you got to start. Just start where, start where you need to start. And then eventually things will fall in order because God will always honor his word. And so I really believe that the scripture teaches that authentic discipleship begins with us releasing our money to God. Now, some of you might say, oh, pastor, what are you saying? 
Are you saying that you just want to give money to the church? And I know I'm not. It's not just about that. It is about the understanding that 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 this. First of all, and I'm going to cover this in a moment, that it belongs to God in the first place. And the reason why we're in the situation that we're in is because the lust of this world has derailed us away from God. As a consequence, now we are struggling and we can't enjoy the freedom that God wants us to have. How many know that God don't want us hooked up and, and, and he don't want us enslaved to debt? <laughs> the devil is a liar. God don't want you walking around trying to feel, oh, how am I going to make it? Not even free to be able to be a blessing because you've structured things in a way that God wasn't first. So watch this, church. When we put God first, now you are going to get positioned for the extravagant. You can't be an extravagant giver until you first begin to put God first. That's really what we're talking about. And I'm not just talking about saying that God is first. But I'm talking about from a real practical way demonstrating because the Bible says that it's not the hearers that are blessed, but the what? Doers. <laughs> the, the Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. Don't talk about it. Let's do it. Let's make a commitment. So, so, let's, so extravagant givers, they understand this first point. Let's, let's capture this first point. I don't think I'm going to keep it too long today, but we'll see about that. I want to try to make this as crisp and sharp and to the point as I can. Extravagant givers must understand the concept that God owns it all. God owns it all. So we're going to be blessed givers. We're going to be able to give to God, give to God first, and then be able to be in a position where you can be a blessing to other people. The first thing we got to understand is that it's not my money. Look at your neighbor and tell them it ain't your money. See, no, everybody, look at it. Look at somebody. Say, it ain't your money. Just say, say it ain't your money. Be because every, because here's what happened. Be because until that sinks into your heart, you'll never be free financially. You keep going from job to job, having financial issue to financial issue. But until you come to realize that God is your source and that what you have, it all belongs to him. So now, because it all belongs to him and he's the owner, then that put us in a position of managers, stewards. And because he's the owner, he owns it all, then God has the right to dictate the terms. Oh, watch this, church. In terms of how I utilize those resources. So, pastor, I don't believe that it all belongs to God. You got some scripture verses to back that up. Well, I'm glad you asked. Psalm chapter 24, verse 1 and 2 says, the earth is the Lord's and all is fullness. I like this. So the earth is the Lord, the earth, the entirety of the whole earth. It doesn't belong to Buddha. It doesn't belong to Muhammad. It doesn't belong to Harry Krishna. The earth belongs to our God. The earth is the Lord's. All the material possession, houses, clothing, cars, Bank accounts, IRAs, stocks, the financial system. The earth is the Lord's. Watch this, church. And watch it. And all is fullness. That's, that's to say that the earth, the outer shell, the inner shell, and then watch this. Everything that's in it, all everything that fills up the earth, it all belongs to God. <laughs> and watch this. And the world and those that dwell in it. So then he said, look. Even the people, the people that walk on the earth who got breath in their bodies. 
All breath, every, every, all it all belongs to God. Why did God allow this to happen? The question is, why would God be good to any one of us? Because he owns everything. <laughs> the peoples of the earth, the, the, uh, the, the, the peoples of the various nations, all of it, all life. God is the source of all life, church. Indeed, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belongs to the Lord our God. Also, the earth with all that is in it. Jesus said, oh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, 39. Now see that I am, I am he, and there is no God beside me. He says, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal our God. Is in control for every animal of the forest is mine, the guy says. <laughs> and the cattle on a thousand hills, Psalm 5010. He says, All of it belongs to me. Every pet, every animal. He says, All of it belongs. Just in case somebody questioned that. Isaiah 42 5 drives it home even further. Thus says the Lord God who created the heavens. And stress them out. That's why we serve the Lord Jesus. That's why we can worship our God. Because he and he alone is creator. All the gods of the earth, they're just talk. They're, they're gods and images made by men. But our God is creator. Who spread forth the earth, that which comes from it. Who gives breath to the people on it. And spirit to those who walk in it. Hey guy, 2, chapter number 8. Look at this. He says, watch this. The silver is mine. Here it is. And the gold is mine. You got the money in your pocket. Come on, shake your pockets. <laughs> he says, all of it is mine. He says, the silver and the gold is mine, says the Lord. To all of it. How many know, how you believe that Wall Street belongs to God? If you don't, it is true. Whether you believe it or you don't, it, Wall Street belongs to God. God controls the financial. God can do whatever he want to do because he's owner. That's why God don't need to ask anybody any questions. He don't need to ask, can I, should I, may I? Because he, he, he is it. He is the highest authority. He owns it all. I know some folks don't like hearing that, but how many know that that's the truth? And let me tell you something, church. As a Christian, we ought to testify. What comes out of our lives is that people ought to see that we live our lives in such a way that we understand that we are accountable to him and that he owns everything I got. That's why, that's why I don't understand why Christians can still walk in any degree of selfishness when you ought to already know better. Look at your neighbor and say, Christian, know better. You know, you, you can't, you're a Christian, you're supposed to know better. Because we understand where this all comes from. Now, we understand that people of the earth don't understand this. So now, let's, let's go back to this principle of the earth. So I wanted to establish that because everything I'm about to show you here right here today, it wouldn't make sense to you until you come to that realization. If you're still walking around talking about my money, my bank account, you don't give to God, you don't sow to God, or you halfway give to God, or you, or you give God the leftovers, then I first wanted to get you to understand that, that God owns it all. Because until a person really embraces that, they'll never be free financially. They'll never be free. They'll keep having problems until they understand that. See, extravagance and generosity is easy when you know, when you're not stingy, that it comes from him. If it's his, I can't, I can't be stingy, brother. It's, he gave it to me. The reason why people are stingy, come on, everybody say, listen to me. Stinginess comes from folk who don't walk like God owns it all. That's why people are that way. 
So we're talking about generosity. God wants us to be extravagant givers. So I'm, I'm, breaking, I'm breaking something here. If you can catch this, what I'm saying, you'll get free. I'm telling you right now, I'm living right now. Um, I, for, for years, I've been tithing and believing God. For years. And, 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 and putting God first. There were times, church, that if I could be, if I, I, I can't be too detailed because it wouldn't be right because my wife would get mad. But there were times, I'm telling you, when, when we, we could barely put food on the table and we took it and we said, you know what, we're going to give. Because I take God's and I sit it over to the side. I don't even ask questions about it. Let me tell you why that is. Because I've seen God move. And now we're about to walk into a dimension and experiencing God's favor and blessing. Not, listen, and I understand it ain't about me. It ain't about me, church. I just believe his word. And I'm telling you right now, his word works. Uh, Brother Walter can tell you that. That Jude, that guy right there who's sitting with that yellow shirt on, he tell you that. He can tell you that. So let's talk about the principle of the first. Because that's what we're talking about. The principle of the first. Putting God first with regard to our money. And then the Bible says in Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Listen to this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. They're talking about the principle of the first. Consecrate to me all the firstborn. <laughs> Whatever opens a womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, is mine. Hear that. So God says, the firstborn, the male, the firstborn, God said, okay, this is God told the, the, uh, Moses. He said, set that apart for me. In other words, consecrate that to me. Because normally, whenever there's a first of anything that is manifest, our natural tendency is, that's mine. Let me get my, I got the first. You know, if a farmer, he goes out and he sows seed and he gets good crops, man, he get, get the first stuff, man, he's like, oh, I'm getting it. No, God says, give me mine first. The principle of the first. Consecrate means to set it apart, to sanctify it. It's the idea that it belongs to the Lord. That you shall set apart to the Lord all that the, the all that open the womb. That is that is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The male should be to the Lord. Should be to the Lord. God said, "Look, because how many know that it takes it takes faith." Now y'all still listen. Say Amen. Come on. See, it takes faith to give the first. Some of y'all are gonna get this in a minute. See, it takes faith to give the first. Because what we want to do, oh, y'all watch this now. So what's easier for us is, well, Lord, I want to see the other stuff. Let, let me have a little bit more. And then, no, God says, no, give me mine first. It takes faith. And God is always going to require a step of faith. If we're going to be extravagant, we're going to have to walk by faith. That's just the way it works. There's no way around that. The Bible says, watch this, honor the Lord. This is uh, Proverbs 3, 9. Through 10, we're still continuing with this. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Well, what's my possession? Everything. So honor the Lord with it, all right? And now watch this. And with the first fruits of all your increase. Now he's talking about your money, your resource. Back in those days, their money was their animal, their cattle, and all of that. And, you know, so, so, so bring it to the day. And with the first fruits, the first fruits of all your increase. See? This is idea of first. This idea of first didn't come from Pastor Gary. This is a, a theme from God. And how many of you know that God should get our first? He's worthy of our first. He's worthy of our best. He's our creator. Because if we don't do that, then we'll start worshiping each other. We'll start worshiping other people. And how many of you know that don't go to too far? <laughs> but honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. 
Everybody say all. All your increase. So some of you out there, even some of you young people, you're going to get a job one day. Learn it now. Learn this principle now. Don't wait. Well, what are you waiting for? Well, I'll wait till I get my own job and get out of my house. No, parents, teach your kids now principles of tithing. Because tithing really is all about honor and keeping God first. So we don't want to wait. We want to get that into their spirit because when they keep God first in their life and they walk that out, you're going to see the favor of God. God's going to track them. How many know that God's going to track whoever it is that honors him? And when we put him first, he says he will bless us. He says, honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all your increase. But look at what he says here. Let's continue. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So here's what that tells me. This is what this tells me. First of all, honoring, when we talk about the first fruits, or we talk about tithing, because we're going we're to go in a little bit more detail about that here in a second. It's really about honor. It's not about percentage. It's about honor. It's about honor. It's about respect. It's about recognizing who really is the one that is the source of all that we have. It is affirming what we claim we believe. Mm. So here's what this verse tells me, though. He said, now, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Church, here's what this tells me. This tells me that our God is an extravagant giver. And God, God wants his children to be extravagant givers. See, he says, so your barns be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow. Everybody say overflow. Come on, come on, y'all got to preach them. Come on, everybody say overflow. See, overflow, here's what this means. What God is really saying is he wants to bless us. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you with that job. God wants to bless you with resources. God is not a stingy God. God is not some God that's just saying, well, I just barely, I just want you to barely get by. Oh, no, God wants to bless you. God wants to give you overflow. The, the problem is us. Just tell, he said, look, God ain't saying, look, give me the first fruit of all your increase so I can barely help you get by. That ain't what that says. He says, give me the first of all your, the first fruits of all your increase. Watch this. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Good God. And your vats will overflow. I like that word. Anybody like that word overflow? <laughs> God, is, God is an extravagant God. God is an extravagant. And he wants his kids to be extravagant just like him. Let me tell you something. When we put God first and we walk in this spirit of extravagance, you can expect God to keep on blessing you with things, stuff. Because it's a witness to him. See, God don't have a problem. I know some, some folks, God don't have a problem with you having things. He really don't. He never has. Solomon was one of the richest men that ever lived. Abraham was rich. <laughs> Abraham was filthy rich. God and, and God said, Abraham, boy, he said, I'm going to bless you and then I'm going to make you a blessing. Boy, I'm going I'm to I'm lay you up. But, but Abraham believed God. And God with his sword, and he put God first. And if we do it, God will bless us in the same way. Because I, I don't know about you, but I want to be an extravagant giver. I want to be extravagant because I believe my God is extravagant. You know, Jesus really, really think about it. I don't know how this is sound to some of you, if you can take this. But in a way, Jesus was a type of, of, of God's first. How many know that, that, that Jesus is considered God's firstborn? And, and, and how many know that, 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 that God gave Jesus for all of us? He gave 
Jesus, his firstborn, his best. How many know that Jesus is the best? God didn't sit back and say, oh, let me wait and see if these people will start acting right. Oh, let me wait and see if they will do what they said. No, the Bible says while we were yet sinners. In other words, while we were in the, the, the pinnacle of our sin, Christ died. God gave Jesus for you and me. That's love. He didn't wait. He gave his best. He gave his first while we were in the thick of our sin. That's why I say, church, we don't need to be waiting, sitting down, wait. Oh, let me just wait and see, you know, um, you know, but I'll tithe. Let me see what I have left over. I'm going I'm to wait. No, 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 no. No, you don't wait. See, see, you get, see, God has called him for us to release the first and believe that he will honor his word. That's all God is saying. Release the first. See, the Bible says Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, so what we need to do, we need to be just like God. We need to say, you know, Lord, I'm going to give my best now. I'm going to give it on the front end. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait to see what happens. No, God, I'm going to trust you. And I got anybody out there know what I'm talking about this one. I'm, God, I'm going to trust you. It's tight, God. I'm telling God, it's tight. But I'm going to believe you because here's what your word said. And let me tell you something. When you start walking by faith, just start with a 10%. When you, I believe this. When you start doing that, I'm telling you, and you embrace it, and you make it your life mission, that, Lord, this is the way I'm going to honor you. This is holy. It is set apart. It is sanctified. Oh, boy, you better look out. Because eventually the ship is going to turn, and God is going to pour out blessing that there ain't going to be room enough to receive. But we got to... But, but we got to honor him first. That's all God is looking for. God is looking for us to take the first step. You know, I said earlier in the offering, some of us say, oh, God, I don't know. I'll wait and see what I got left over. I'm going to tell you something. You, you treat God like leftover. He treats you like a leftover, too, when it comes to money. Some of you don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. But it's true. Because how do you know our God is a great God? And God does not. Listen. We can't just give God. Can I, I'm going to read something. I'm, I did, it's not in my notes. So I'm going to read it. But I'm going to read Malachi chapter 1. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Just listen. You don't even have to turn there. Because we got to have an attitude. See, I want you all to understand that we serve a mighty God. And God is seeing what we're doing with what he's given to us. So, he, so our attitudes in terms of how we treat God is important. If you sit down one day and you come inside this church and it's come time for offering, the can I be honest with you? Y'all won't pass it, be honest. Listen, the last thing you should be saying is when the offering plate comes around, oh, let me, let me check. You No thought, no prayer. Let me see what I got in here. Oh. No, 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 no. Can I ask a question? Did anybody pay their mortgage that way? Do anybody pay your rent? Oh, I'm going to go shopping, go buy me some stuff, go buy me a whole bunch of stuff, and then I'm going to see what I got left over. I'm going to call the mortgage company and say, hey, I, 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 you know, I would have paid you this month, but, 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 but the problem was, um, you know, I, I spent it on some other stuff. I just didn't have enough left over. How many know you will be what I call homeless? They will put you out. They will laugh at you. They will think you're a joke. But we treat God like that all the time. God, we said, God, we believe you own it all. You're our source. But yet we don't honor God with the first part. And look, it's, 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 the Bible says, and this is uh, Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. I don't want to stay here long, but I'm just going to read this. It says, a son honors his father, a servant his master. If thy then am a father, where is my honor? If I'm a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts, to you priests. 
this is a priest who was doing this. You despise my name. God, why do we despise you? Because you don't treat me right. You treat me with dishonor and disrespect. You give more respect to the man on the job for eight to five than you give to me. Y'all don't want to hear this. See, y'all weren't ready for this. Oh, come on. But the, God is the one that gave you that stuff, and yet we give more honor and respect to those things, and then we come into God's vernacular, and we begin to just treat them flippantly. Show up whenever we show up, do a little here. God is saying, wait a minute. Let me tell you something, church. I'm just being honest with you. I don't come to God's house late. I just don't. Never have. I ain't got nothing to do with it, because if I can be on time for the, for the man at the job, I'm going to be on time on Sunday morning for God. Y'all y'all hear what I'm saying? I don't show up late. That is a dishonor to God. It ain't about, listen, my, let me, let me, I'm going to be nice. Okay, so you offer defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? The table of the Lord is contemptible. When you offer to blame the sacrifice, is it not evil when you offer that which is lame and sick? Is that not evil? evil? He said, then offer that to your governor. Give it to your governor. Give it to somebody. Don't bring that crap up in here to me. Don't bring that lackadaisical service. Don't give me leftovers for I am a great God and I'm a great king and you defame my name. He says in verse 10, who is there even among you who will shut the door? He says, shut the doors. Shut the doors. They don't respect me. Shut the doors. He's because they're offering stuff in vain. Why? Because their attitude was whatever. Let me tell you something. When they come to God, there ought never be an attitude that says whatever. No, we pray. We think. We walk into God's house. Listen, I don't, I don't go like, I never walk into God's church. You don't see me walking around like, oh, wait a minute. Let me catch. No, no. God gets his off the top. Because I ain't, I'm no fool. I've been doing this long enough to know that God will take care of his children. But we got to put them to the test. We got to, we got to, we got to trust him. And let's look at Genesis chapter 4, verses, verses 3 and 5. We were almost done here. But look at Genesis chapter 3, chapter 4, verses 3 and 5. Now, this is a story about Abel. Uh, this is still talking about the principle of the first, how that it was blessed. I want you to, some of you probably have never seen this before. But if you're a Bible, if you like to read your Bible, if you like to study, this may be something for you to consider. This is something God showed me. Well, watch. There's always been a question is that, you know, when Abram and Cain brought an offering and uh, and God rejected Cain's offering. But, you know, but he blessed Abel's offering. And there's always a question you have for people. That, well, why, 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 what was the issue? Why was God upset? Let me let me show you something. Because we're talking about the remember, remember, we're talking about the principle of the first. And, and the, look at this. Read this verse with me. And in the process of time, it came to pass. That Cain brought an offering. Everybody say an offering. Come on. An offering. I want that to sink into your heart. Cain brought an offering. Let me say it again. Cain brought an offering. Cain brought an offering. Cain brought something. He brought an offering. And the fruit of the ground, uh, he brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. He didn't bring the first fruit. He just brought an offering. Abel also brought, watch the other what? Firstborn, which was money in those days for them. The firstborn, in other words, that off the top, the firstborn of his flock. He gave God the best. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain's offering. And Cain was ticked. 
and his countenance fell. Notice the scripture does not say that Cain brought his first fruits. Cain just brought an offering. Abel, watch this, Abel affirmed the best. He gave God off, his, off the top. He gave God the best, and God looked at it, and God blessed him. But Cain's attitude was, listen, and this is what I believe. If you continue on reading that Genesis, you will see all along that really the problem was with Cain's attitude and the way that he looked at God, the way he treated God. Abel said, God, he's a great God. I'm going to bring him the very best. I ain't going to just bring him an offering. A lot of people in God's house in the church, they just bring an offering. All right? Just bring an offering. I'm talking about your attitude. I'm not, I'm talk, some of you were, I'm not talking about the amount. I'm just talking right now. I'm talking about the attitude. See, the attitude was he just brought an offering. But Abel's attitude was, oh, I'm going to bring him the best. And, and God's thing was, oh, this boy, he understands who I am. Therefore, God accepted his offering. But Cain, he says, nope. Because Cain's attitude was one where he did not reflect the glory of God and God rejected it because I believe that Cain, and the Bible said that Cain got hot, he was upset, he was mad. I believe the brother had a bad attitude because Cain wasn't, he didn't even understand, he didn't even process it to know who it was that he was bringing an offering to. He just brought something. It, it didn't really mean anything to him. But Abel's attitude about God was different. So how many know that God blesses you according to the level of your faith? So watch. So every time you sow, you got to believe. You got to have a level of faith. God, I'm bringing this because you are a great God and I believe you. How many know that when you start bringing an offering like that or you start giving God your first fruits like that? Let me tell you something. You don't just give to God flippantly because you start thinking about how good God is. You start thinking about how great he is. And you say, oh, no, I can't do that. It's not permitted. My conscience won't let me do that because I serve a great God, a great king. And so watch. I believe there's a lot of kings, even in God's house, a lot of kings. They just bring something. And I often said this, and, and these statistics bears it out. Because there's some people got questions about tithing. And I'm going to cover that in two seconds here. But, but let, me, let, me, let me just say this, that, that if the church... If everybody that called themselves a believer gave God 10% of their money, 10%, minimum, 10%, wouldn't have, the church wouldn't have a need. We'd be covered. If everybody who called themselves a Christian gave 10% of their money, church would be fine. We'll have any financial. Listen, as small as we are, if everybody who came here, if everybody who came here gave 10% of their income, this church would not be lacking. I believe that with all my heart. Everybody who comes in on the right, I believe that. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, church. It's about how you view God. See, if your view of God is, well, he's just there, and when I need him, I'll pray to him, and I get in trouble, I'll call on him, then you don't understand who he is. Extravagance begins with understanding who he is so that we don't bring to God anything that is not worthy of his name. Because God is a great God. So let's, let's close this thing. And still in Malachi chapter 3. So I'm just going to dissect this just a little bit. So he says, now watch. You have robbed me in tithes and offering. This is in Malachi chapter 3. We started here in verse number 8. I'm about to land the plane. So we're about finishing. Here it is. They says, watch this. Look at this. Well, a man robbed God, yet you robbed me. And they say, well, God, how we rob you? He says, in tithes and offering. See, tithes and offering is really about honor and respect. Some of us get locked in on the, on the percentage, 
Because you don't want me to get into all of that because, if I, you know, it take longer. But I believe in New Testament giving, we'd be giving beyond 10%, really. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just talking out loud. Watch this. But you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. In other words, this is a reference to the attitude. You remember the attitude that we read? That, that there was a buildup to chapter 3 here in the book of Malachi. There was a buildup. Because if you look at Malachi chapter 1 and 2, it was their attitude and how they treated God. How they brought sacrifice to the God. How they, how they, they, they dishonored him. And it, all, and it all led to Malachi chapter 3. It all led to them saying, God saying, why y'all robbing me? In other words, y'all are robbing me of my honor. You're robbing me of my respect. You're robbing me of who I am. You're not giving me the glory that is due my name. Hmm. You're robbing me, he's saying. See, the tithe affirms that I believe that it belongs to God and that we trust him. That's what the, I've always looked at the tithe as that. I don't look at a tithe, you know, and people get into arguments about, well, 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 the theological debates. You can have your theological debate. But here's what I do understand. The spirit of the tithe of 10% was never given as a legalistic thing. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Say amen. Tithing was never instituted as a legalistic thing. Tithing predates the law. It became law because the spirit in which it was offered. Uh, let me give you an example. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1 and 3. Look at this. Read, just, just follow me with this. This Melchizedek, was, this Melchizedek was a type of Christ. The Bible says he was a priest who didn't have beginning or ending of days. So Abraham comes into contact with him. So watch this. So he's a type of Christ. That's what it's saying here. But this Melchizedek King of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Watch it. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth. Now watch. There was no law. There was nothing that said Abraham give God a tenth. Nothing. We don't know. There's no recording about a tenth. But here Abraham understand who this man is. How many know we need to understand who Jesus is? Abraham said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a tenth. Of everything I got, I'm going to give you a tenth of it. And, and watch this. And Abraham gave a tenth part a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness and then also king of sailing, meaning king of peace. He was without father, without mother, without genealogy, having either beginning of day nor end of life, but made like the son of God a continual priesthood. How many know that our Jesus is a great high priest? And Abraham gave the tithe. The tithe, it was really about honor and respect. And I believe that, that as a consequence of that, then God came along and instituted it as law because of the spirit in which it was given. And, and then it became law. But the whole purpose behind the 10% is honor. Everybody say honor. It, it's about honor. It's about honor, honoring God. And God has always blessed the 10%. Oh, you can say whatever you say. God, is, he never says stop tithing. He's always blessed it because Abraham is our spiritual father. He's a father of our faith in that he showed us an example. He is the one to whom God says, in you, Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so, so that's what this thing is all about. And so God challenged him. He said, look, bring all the tithe and the offering into the storehouse. God, look, do it. Bring it. Just trust me. Some of you right now, you, you're sitting there, you're struggling right financially. Here's what you need to do. Make a decision. Say, okay, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to be a tither. Well, 
how am I going to do that? I don't know. Figure it out. If you want to be blessed, you figure it out. Figure it out somewhere. I'm going to start giving God 10% of my money. I'm just going to start doing it. I'm going to give it to God. Because if you say you love God, you say you're a Christian, you should be doing that anyway. Nobody should even have to tell you that. But anyway, we'll just say, I want you to start there. God says, now watch. He says, he says bring it. And, and then he, he, here's, it, look, look at what his attitude is. He says, and bring, out, bring it in my storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, ain't that something? God don't need our money, right? Because we already read where it says he owns it all. So why is he asking for us to even consider 10%? Why? He's asking because God, because he wants us to activate our faith and affirm who he is as owner and creator of everything. He's our giver. So, so God doesn't need our money, but he says that there may be food in my house. God is saying, look, what I want to do, I want to make sure that my house, my people are taken care of. My word is taken care of. My mission in the earth in terms of uh, uh, winning the loss and the kingdom agenda is fulfilled. I, I want there to be food in my house. I want my church to be positioned to do what I called it to do. And then he says, watch this. And, and, when, and let me, as a side note, this is an invitation to be positioned for the extravagant. That's all God is trying to do. He's trying to position us for the extravagant. You remember we said earlier, he talks about your wine, your vats, and everything being filled and, and everything you have in plenty. But look what he said. He even takes this, I mean, he takes the, he give, he, he almost go ghetto language on you here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in chapter 10, I mean, chapter 3, verse number 10, he said, bring it all. It ties into the store that there may be food in my house. And he said, try me now in this. He said, I, I, will, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. I mean, how I many know, boy? I mean, God can't put it much more clear than that. So that's a God that's extravagant. He said, look, God is saying, I want to bless you in such a way that you ain't got room to receive it. How I many you want that kind of blessing? <laughs> He's telling you, he said, put me first then. Put me first. That's all he's saying. Put me first. He said, if you want that kind of blessing, because remember, God is in it. God is in the business of blessing you to be a blessing to somebody else. That's what he's all about. That, you know, he's saying, so the devil not be room enough to receive. That's a God of an extravagance. Extravagant God wants his people to be extravagant. Now, no, no. If you if I was a if y'all were tweeters, I would tell you to tweet this. In order for us to be extravagant givers, we must receive extravagant blessings. And in order for us to get extravagant blessings, we got to start putting God first. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's what we got to do. In order to receive extravagant, in order to be extravagant givers, we must receive extravagant blessings. If we're going to receive extravagant blessings, then we got to put God first. Put God first and watch what he does. All God is saying is he want to position us for prosperity. That's all God wants. God wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. I really believe that God wants to bless us more. And, and all he's saying is take the first step. I, I, I want to say to every young person in here, listen, start now for every dime. Uh, uh, brother, we, we just gave your little daughter some money today for her birthday. Teach her. How old is Aria? How, I'm just five. five. Te that's right. Can we give her five? Teach her that for, for every dollar, God gets 10%. Start teaching it now. So here, here. Did you give God? I tell my kids all the time. Look, did you give God his? And and you know what? And they look at me and they're going to look at me here real soon. They're gonna, because I'm going to tell you right now, God is faithful to his word. 
I'm telling you right now, if you don't believe, I'm telling you, God is faithful. And, and, uh, and, and, and here's the thing. I'm not just telling you something I'm reading about. I'm telling you something that I'm experiencing. And God will bless you, not just financially, but he'll bless you in every other way of life if you learn to put him first. And this is, this is really, this is, a, this is a call for you to receive the extravagant blessing that God wants to give you. Amen. Come on, you receive that word. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise if you receive it. And... Uh,